Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, today we have someone who I'm super excited about, and I think you guys will be too, because not only is he a policy expert, he's also a physician. Uh, we are having on Dr. and Representative Greg Murphy. Um, he spent 30 years of his life as a urologist and has served in the U.S. House of Representatives in, uh, since 2019 from North Carolina. Check out the interview with Representative and Dr. Greg Murphy. Well, thank you for joining us, Dr. Murphy. Uh, you have an interesting perspective on this issue, given your background. And so I want you to kind of walk us through your qualifications, of course, not only being a representative in the U.S. House, but also as a physician. Well, thank you for having me, Riley. And I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all the hard work you've gone through to, uh, to show that really this is interesting that we're even having this discussion because we wouldn't have had it even 10 years ago. So I'm something called a urologist. I'm a urologic surgeon. I do medical and surgical diseases of the kidney, bladder, prostate, and those kind of things, but also the male and uh, sometimes female organs. And there's a small subset in pediatric urology of disorders that deal with individuals who either chromosomes or chemicals have, uh, it's not either, it's not blank one way or the other. But, you know, through times, and I've been in practice for more than 30 years, it is without a doubt medically, um, and I know this without a doubt, that there is a genetic difference uh, in male and female, period. And regardless of any type of hormone supplementation or uh, hormone blocking, you do not change the fundamental difference um, in tissue, in muscle, muscle tissue, in anything between a male and a female. And to say so is pure nonsense. It's uh, pure politics where we're supposed to be dealing with an objective medical science, and that's gone out the wayside really in the last three or four years. Totally. I I couldn't agree more when you say it, it has gotten to this point of pure politics. Um, at least in my experience of swimming, girls went through puberty typically before the boys did. Um, you know, in the 11, 12 age group, there were some girls who were comparable with the boys. It was, it was kind of relative. Some boys were faster, some girls were faster. But by the time we turned 13, 14, that 13, 14 age group, it was undeniable that the boys were better. They were faster. They were taller. They had physically changed over that the 11, 12, 12 age group until the 13, 14. Uh, they were more defined. They were more explosive off of the block. Um, and so what happened to follow the science? You just kind of went through some of the science, but but what does this look like as it pertains to the differences between males and females, which, as you said, is common sense, really? Yeah. So, um, Riley, if you go back even earlier, around five, five or six, every young boy, every young girl goes through a transformational period of questioning. They go through, who am I? What am I? And all these things. And the infinite majority, infinite majority, um, settle back into their biological sex, their genetic sex. And the, if you then look at what happens through puberty, this is when boys grow taller, um, women mature, they're younger, 
uh, when these things happen. But in puberty is when the things that are genetic differences that happen. You know, this is when muscles and bones especially grow and then fuse, gives you your final height. And some of these things, some individuals do it stronger. But if you take skeletal muscle, which is the main thing that we're looking at here that gives you speed, um, that gives you jumps off the blocks, as you say, gives you height, gives you power. The skeletal muscle in a male and a female is fundamentally different. It's fundamentally different. And so males have an absolute athletic advantage over females. It's period. We've known this for thousands of years. And it's sad that we've now had gender politics come in and they try to make people feel better and say, yes, you can compete. But it's time and time again shows that there is no equivalency uh, between a genetic male and a genetic female when it comes to the field of athletics. Absolutely not. When it comes to intelligence, absolutely. But when it comes to athletic endeavors, strength endeavors, speed endeavors, there's absolutely no comparison. There was a panel just this week that got canceled. Um, it was a, a panel. It was put on by the American Anthropological Association. And they ended up canceling the panel. And I'm reading this from my phone here. It says they canceled it because discussing sex is no longer allowed at anthropology conferences. This is so crazy to me, um, but I want to get your take on the International Olympic Committee's guidelines. Um, of course, the IOC, it pertains to Olympic sports, right? They say there is no presumption of advantage between the two sexes and that no athlete should be precluded from competing or excluded from competition on the exclusive ground of an unverified, alleged, or perceived unfair competitive advantage due to their sex, variations, physical appearance, and or transgender status. And until evidence determines otherwise, athletes should not be deemed to have an unfair or disproportionate competitive advantage due to their sex variation, physical appearance, and or transgender status. I mean, this is the Olympics, and they're claiming that a male's advantage over a female's is unverified, alleged, and is, is could be per perceived unfair. I mean, as, you, as a physician, and again, as a U.S. House of Representative, What's your take on that? Well, Riley, it's absolutely absurd to say there's not a difference between men and a female. And if you go back, I mean, I'll point out to the college in your anthropology, they don't want to discuss sex. Uh, it, it's turned into the cancel culture. If you don't agree with what the mainstream thought is, which you take it back a little bit further, goes back to the parable of the emperor's new clothes when he had nothing on, but everybody was afraid to say because it was all peer pressure. In my, in my opinion, the whole transgender event has been the greatest peer pressure event ever seen in human history. Because we're saying, well, if you question it, then you're you're bad, or the same thing going with all this equity stuff, that you're bad, you're a bigot, you're a racist, and all these other things. It's all peer pressure. Fortunately, I think the pendulum, which swung way too far, is now swinging back for America because they see how absolutely ridiculous this is. Just because you um, psychologically believe you are a male does not make you a male. You cannot have a baby. Uh, I'm sorry, you, 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 uh, if you're a male and you turn in, you believe you're a female, you cannot have a baby, period, point blank. To just say you were just because you think you can is absolutely absurd. It's taking psychology as to being an objective science, which it's not, very subjective, and saying it's an absolute um, rigid science, which it's not. And this, in many instances, these folks who have gen transgender issues have very a lot of psycholog uh, psych psychiatric challenges. And um, basically, it's been shown that saying, it's hey, it's okay, you feel like you're a female, to be a female, 
doesn't change any of those psychiatric issues they deal with. And so for the IOC to say that there's no difference is the ultimate, ultimate in peer pressure and non-objectivity. It's embarrassing, truly, um, Riley, to think such an august committee could say such nonsense. I know that. And it's, it's the same approach that the NCAA is taking. And truth be told, I think it's the same approach that the Democrats are taking in regards to the peer pressure. Uh, this bill was introduced in the U.S. House by Representative Subi. And I remember when you read your statement on the floor, um, you said just as what you said at the beginning of this podcast, you said, I honestly cannot believe this is an actual issue we're debating in the United States. Yeah. Um, I, you even then went on to list examples of, you know, think of an NBA player playing with the WNBA. And you even said Michael Phelps competing against the women. And I can tell you as a swimmer, um, I can tell you exactly without a doubt what the outcome would be if I had to compete against Michael Phelps. Um, but almost interestingly enough, it, it did. It fell entirely on party lines, meaning 203, all 203 Democrats voted in opposition of protecting women. And that's absolute peer pressure, Riley. It's absolute peer pressure is what they were being pushed into. What happened to you was an absolute injustice. There was a mediocre male swimmer who then decided he wanted to be a female, and he comes in to compete against you, and you were absolutely robbed of a gold medal when you should have been received when you should have received it. Absolutely, uh, uh, absolutely robbed. No sane person, and I'll be very clear with this. No sane person could say otherwise. Um, just because uh, you know I could think I'm a you know a rock star. Well, I'm not a rock star. Um, I can think I'm a tree. Well, I'm not a tree. And so um, just just because and I'm saying this to those people, you want me to assume to come into your um, psychology and, and which obstructs my objectivity does not make sense. So, you know, you can believe what you believe, but you have you can't force me to believe um, what your sense of reality is. Another part of this this issue, um, of course, we have the unfair competition, but what really it surprised me. And what really pushed me over the edge to to believing that these people were peer pressured because I can't imagine a mother or a father to a young girl actually being okay with their daughter undressing next to a male. And so when all 203 Democrat, Democrats voted in opposition of this, it broke my heart because they're really being a sellout to their own child. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, but while we're on the topic of gender ideology... Um, what about these procedures being performed on minors? What effects do this do this do these have? Um, and I wanted to get your take too on the AMA and other medical associations um, that say these procedures are safe, and they urge le legislators to stop passing bills banning these surgeries and hormone blockers on minors. Well, there's a difference. Let's. Uh, I want to make sure medically the folks understand the difference. There's a difference between hormone blockers, things that block the body's functions, genetic body's functions before puberty, and then hormone supplements afterwards. Hormone blockers, for example, in a male, a genetic male, being given estrogen, cause their bones to fuse earlier, making them shorter, okay? So it blocks what the normal process would be. A supplement would be after they achieve puberty uh, to assist with, say, breast growth, okay? Now, what these different procedures are, um, in a genetic female, it would be removing the breast or doing double mastectomies. Um, if, God forbid, there was anything with the lower genitalia done in a genetic male, 
um, to remove testicles or to uh, remove the penis and try to form some type of clitoris or even put the colon in to make a vagina. These are, these are procedures. Removing testes is not a problem. Making a vagina is absolutely a very complicated issue. Removing a penis, the same thing. So for any parent to allow a child before the age of consent at 18 to have that done, in my opinion, is parental abuse. And for any doctor to do that, in my opinion, is malpractice, is absolute malpractice. Now, after the age of consent, when they're 18, again, it's different. That person who's then 18 can then make those decisions. But for either a parent to make that decision or a child before the age of consent to make that decision is absolutely wrong. And as far as the AMA, you know, there are a lot of things that we're aligned with. I said this the other day, uh, I think they're trying to help physicians. I wish they'd actually center more on helping the physicians. That's what they're supposed to do. than rather delving into all these absolute, um, absolute social justice issues where they really shouldn't be taking apart. I think they lose some of their credibility in that regard. I'm happy to work with them. We brought in some of the leaders of the AMA to the doctor's caucus um, many months ago. Um, and they were talked to us and they agreed with us. And then the next day they come out with these, these platforms that are way far left. And so it hurts the credibility of medicine when they're promulgating things that in my opinion, again, are malpractice. You're exactly right. Um, and it's not even really the irreversible damages that are being done. As you said, a human will, as I have read, learned throughout my college experience in taking science courses, I majored in human health sciences. And so I certainly took my fair share of courses, anatomy, all those different things. Uh, we were told that the human brain isn't fully developed until 25. Yeah, uh, me, 23, I can't even rent a car on my own. And in some states, a child is able to consent to surgical castration and, of course, chemical hormones and different things. Um, can you confirm that a, a brain isn't fully developed until around that no. age? Absolutely. And, and many, many, many neurologic uh, tests and studies have shown that. Absolutely. And so um, that's the point where your frontal lobe really develops. The frontal lobe is there about volition. It's about foresight, planning, those things. And again, you're, you're doing something that's absolutely irreversible to a child. You know, you look at so many girls that were um, tomboys growing up, right? Does that mean then their, um, their left progressive parents are going to hover over them and hover over them and, and say to the, to the girl, do you want to be a boy? Do you want to be a boy? Do you want to be a boy? What does that do psychologically to that child? Because those parents are in positions of authority. It absolutely destroys that child. Um, and it, that's, in my opinion, again, parental abuse. No, I totally agree. Um, let's, let's look back at your home state of North Carolina. Uh, they were really one of the first ones to pass the bathroom bill, I think back in 2016. But they were the 23rd state, but most recently, the most recent state to pass their Fairness in Women's Sports Bill. Do you think this backlash and repercussions they face from the NCAA, financial repercussions, do you think that caused some hesitation in the passage of the women's sports bill, which would, of course, just ensure everyone competes with the category that aligns with their sex? No, because there were two different things, Riley. I really think there were two different things. One was basically just having unisex bathrooms and locker rooms, which no parent should, and to your point, um, should allow young children to have uh, genetic males walk into their locker rooms. Who, who does that? That's just not normal. It's just not normal, especially for kids. There is, a, there is an expectation of privacy and decency. 
So that was what was happening with the, the bathroom bill. The second thing, and whether it was done correctly or not, really remains, remains um, you know, to conjecture. It was reversed and then nothing happened. Nobody abused the privileges. You know, people who were transsexual or whatever, they went into the bathroom, closed the door, used the bathroom and left. There was never an issue before any of that stuff. Now, as far as the recent bill to stop transgenders from competing uh, against uh, their biological sex in um, high school sports, I absolutely think that's the right thing to do. Again, it's knocking down the peer pressure. And so what you're doing, you know, the left loves to talk about, you know, women's rights and everything. So if they're going to promulgate genetic males to, uh, to compete in female sports, all this stuff about promoting women's rights goes out the window. Let's try to be at least consistent with what you say. And so if they're pushing for that type of nonsense with folks who identify as transgender, they're absolutely inconsistent in their arguments. Absolutely. Um, Governor Cooper of North Carolina, he vetoed the legislation before yeah. it was then overrode by a majority vote in the House. Um, and so do you think Governor Cooper represents the people of North Carolina? No, he is, uh, uh, and I know Governor Cooper well, he is a far left ideologue. And again, peer pressure, if he didn't do that, um, he would be uh, pushed by his far left people about that. And it takes a spine for somebody to actually do something right. Um, because think of all the kids that would have been damaged for that. All the kids who would have been damaged for that. And a few people say, well, what about these? What about these? Yeah, I absolutely understand. And I, I, and I feel for those individuals. They want to compete. But they need to compete genetically, not psychologically. Very, very plain and simple. Well, there was a young girl in North Carolina by the name of Peyton McNabb. Um, she was playing a high school volleyball game. Yeah. Uh, Ale was on the opposing team. He jumps up, spikes the ball, it hits her in the face. If you've seen the video, I've never seen a woman spike a ball as hard as this this male did. Hits her in the face. She's immediately knocked unconscious. That happened last September. So yeah. a year later, she's still partially paralyzed. She still has vision problems. Her memory is impaired. Uh, she now doesn't get to play college sports like she was going to. Um, she has to have special accommodations for testing at school because she can't retain information. Uh, her and I are, are great friends now, and she tells me about the struggles she faces because of the, the brain injury she had from a male. And so those threats are, are very real. Um, as we wrap up here, what is your message specifically to other physicians? Um, you know, those those physicians who deny the reality and the very real effects that this movement is having on real people, again, specifically women and children. Yeah. Um, and I've been very plain and simple about this and said this multiple times. I think most physicians really want to take care of their patients and do what's right. And these individuals are psychiatrically and psychologically challenged because they, they I don't doubt what they feel at all, at all. But there are constructs of what is normal, what is genetic, what is biological. And just because one believes there's something that they biologically are not, what they were born to be, does not mean that is reality. And so for a physician to play into that um, and then to do something that is irreparable, irreparable to that child before they have true consent and by their parents to give consent, I believe flat out personally is malpractice. And any physician that does that really, uh, I know the AMA is done what they've done for peer pressure, um, I really believe should have his credentials, her credentials really checked and verified again. I mean, just, it, it's not right. It's absolutely not right. And it's done for political purposes, not for objective science. Absolutely. Well, 
Uh, Dr. Murphy, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate the work you do for, of course, the people of North Carolina, but the people of America. Um, so thank you very much. Well, thank you, Riley, and God bless you for, uh, I hate what happened to you. I despise it. It was absolutely wrong, but thank you for making a, a difficult thing and turning a, a good thing out of it. Lemons into lemonade. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the Gains for Girls podcast. Hopefully you're able to get a better understanding of the science behind this issue and why this matters from Dr. Greg Murphy. Um, like, subscribe to this podcast anywhere where you get your podcast, outkick.com, Spotify, Apple, whatever that might be. Uh, and make sure to check out the Riley Gaines Center. Um, you can find this at therileygainscenter.org. It's a training program to help develop and provide resources and support to leaders across this nation. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again next week.